All right, good morning and welcome to Driftwood Church at the Beach. Actually, today it's uh, Driftwood Church at the Cove. And uh, we're grateful to be able to uh, have church with you in this way. We do look forward to uh, being together in person again, but I think to be a good citizen and a good Christian, we really do need to do what the local government and our even federal government wants us to do in this. And so they've not asked us not to worship. They've just told us to do it in a maybe a different way for a few weeks. So I want you to know I miss you. <laughs> I can't wait to give you a big hug. Can't wait to give you a fist bump, an elbow, or whatever it is that you want as a personal display of affection. But know that it's really hard for me not to be with you in person. So we do have a few people out on the sandbar today, and uh, we're grateful for that. And uh, uh, we're uh, going to pray and ask God to uh, help us see this situation from his perspective. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for providing such a beautiful place for us to be able to have church. Um, don't know what you're doing in all of this, but we know that you know. Uh, Father, so often we get so frustrated because we don't understand what's going on. We can't control what's going on. We can't be where we think we need to be, but we have a God that is all of that, a God that is everywhere, a God that knows everything and a God that can do anything. So I pray that especially during this time, but for the rest of our lives, Father, I pray that our goal in life would be to be closer to you, to fall more in love with you, the one that is all of that. And as we fall more in love with you, we fall more in love with each other. So, Father, whatever we've all got going on in our lives today, I pray, Father, that we would see it from your perspective so that we could help others do the same. And I pray for these things in Jesus' name. And Driftwood people know how to answer this. All God's people said, yeah. All right. Hey, we usually start our service off with uh, the praise jar or the joy bucket. We don't have either one of those out here today because I knew you wouldn't be able to write things in. But we've encouraged you all to write things uh, on the Facebook Live in the comments. And if we see any of those, we will, we will uh, certainly tell everybody about those. But uh, we start our service with a, a, a time where we worship God for what he's done during the week. Our church model is big group. So far today, this is our big group. We have little groups, small groups, uh, almost every night of the week, and we're going to be doing those through the Zoom app. If you need more information, you can ask me or go to our website, and we'll get you to the right place for that. But the whole purpose is so that we will go, and we will go and help people see life from God's perspective because that's what we're doing during the week. And so we want to celebrate that, as always. And so we're just grateful today, first of all, that God put this together and we're able to be out here. And so uh, if you have any Praise Jar uh, additions, please type those in and uh, we will go live with those. But right now, I want to ask Ashley and JJ to come up and lead us in some worship. And uh, I know she's got a song that, that God wants y'all to hear today. So uh, y'all worship with us.
much for this day and for the ability to worship you freely. God, it's so cool that we get to worship you out in creation today and um, with our families. And God, I just pray today that you would just remind us of who you are. God, show us your power, your might, your strength. God, I just pray that you would encourage us with your word this morning and fill us all with your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, amen. I uh, think we'll uh, kind of figure this out as it goes in the next coming weeks or so. Hopefully we only have to do this for another week or so. But again, I'm so grateful that we can meet with you out here and that we can still worship together as a Driftwood family, uh, even if it's just on Facebook right now. So we'd love to have your feedback and be able to improve on all of that. But really what we're here to do is we're here to worship God. We're here to hear from God so that we can see what's going on in our life from God's perspective and then help all the people around us be able to do the same. So uh, today, uh, uh, what God has me to share, uh, wants me to share with you is uh, something that maybe you've heard before. It's a prayer that I know that you've experienced before, a prayer that you were learned, you were taught as a little child. Uh, and uh, so before we get started, I want to, I want to do a little exercise with you. I want you right now to try to think about two things at the same time. All right, so think about, get, get two things, and then on the count of three, I want everybody at the same time to try to think about those two things at the same time. All right, ready? One, two, three. How's that going? How's it going? All right, did you find out that you can't really think about two things at the same time? It's totally impossible. And I know there's some of you that are still trying to think about two things at the same time. Chris behind the camera right now is still trying to do that. I can see it in his eyes and smoke's coming out of his ears. But it's totally impossible for us to be able to do that. And so God has made it that way so that if we're thinking about the right thing, we can't be thinking about the wrong thing. So if we ever find ourselves thinking about the wrong thing, we got to turn it off by thinking about the right thing. And the right thing to think about is him. And he gave us a perfect way to think about him, and it is through prayer. And so I um, want to encourage you today that whenever you find yourself, especially in these coming days, thinking about the wrong thing, turn that worry into prayer. The difference between worry and prayer is who you're talking to. And if you need a format for that, Jesus gave his disciples one. In fact, we're going to be in Luke 11, chapter, uh, uh, chapter 11, starting in uh, really verse 1. I'll go ahead and start there. And uh, I'm going out of the New King James this morning, and um, I think it's a clear explanation of this prayer. But what happened was, it says, now it came to pass as Jesus was praying in a certain place. Now, when he was praying in a certain place, every time he prayed, his disciples saw something different than when the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all those guys were praying. And so he was praying in a certain place, and when he stopped, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, can you teach us to pray even as John taught his disciples? It was common for the master to teach his disciples how to pray in the spiritual realm. But when Jesus prayed, stuff happened. So they were like, man, we want to learn how to pray like you. And so here's the famous prayer. Um, again, I don't think we're necessarily supposed to just say this prayer as a rock prayer. But we're supposed to use it as an outline. And so according to the, uh, uh, verse 2, it says, So he, Jesus, said to them, When you pray, this is what I want you to say. Or I want you to use as a model. And if you know it, go ahead and uh, follow along with me in this. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who's indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, 
but deliver us from the evil one. And so you can take that prayer, and if you are just simply saying it, you know, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and you're going through it that way, at least you're thinking about the right thing, and it takes your mind off the wrong thing. But the prayer is so much more valuable than that. In that prayer, God gives us everything that we need to think about to be spiritually healthy. Everything we're going to need to be able to think about truly the right thing and seeing it from his perspective and not ours. And um, I want to challenge you to take each part of this prayer and use it as an outline for your prayer. In other words, man, when you find yourself thinking the wrong thing, just say, Our Father, which art in heaven. Oh, and he stops you at which art in heaven. I want you to think about that little section. Or our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. I want you to stop at that section. And man, each one of these sections we're going to talk about, we're going to basically skim them over really quick to give you the gist of it. But man, you could spend a whole year preaching a series of messages on each one of them. Because in this little prayer, God has given us everything we need to have a successful spiritual life. So let's take a look at them. So when he said, he started off, he said, when you pray, say. And the very first thing he said was, our Father. Man, I want, all these words are going to begin with P, not because that's the only way it can happen. You come up with your own outline. But it was about 25, 30 years ago that God gave me this. And I cannot tell you how much peace and comfort and protection this has given me in being able to pray this prayer in times when I'm stressed, times when I find myself thinking about the wrong thing and being able to turn my mind around to the right thing. So I am going to have about eight things that begin with P that you can either write down or you can find them on my Facebook page, Eddie Frederick, or you can find them on Driftwood Church at the Beaches Facebook page in the form of an outline. Or again, you can write them down now. But I think you're going to remember them. So the first P is going to be our position. The very first thing he said to, to, to be rejoicing in is the fact that we can say our Father. Man, not everybody can say that God is their Father. When we come into this world, the Bible does not teach that everyone is a child of God. That's man-made teaching. The Bible teaches that out of Romans uh, that we are actually enemies to God when we come to this world. We're selfish. It's all about us. We want, if even if we do something religious, we do something loving, it's all because we know it's going to benefit us later. But when we get born again, as Jesus talked about in John chapter 3, we now have a new nature, a new desire. And that new desire is to do everything for him, to love him, to please him, to glorify him. And it's only then that now we can say, our father. Better yet, you can pray and say, my father. Man, you know, if you get discouraged about what's going on in this life, you get distracted, you get disappointed, you get any of these things, man. If you just started that prayer and stopped right there thinking about the fact that he is your eternal father, thinking about the fact that, that this is not your home, this is a temporary abode, and that when you pass from here, when he decides your job is done and he takes you home to heaven, you will be in a perfect place forever. We know in heaven there's not going to be any sickness, any sorrow, any suffering, any Satan, any sin. You're not even going to be able to, to do the wrong thing. You're only going to be able to do the right thing. And so just think about the fact that he is your father and you are his child. And even while you're here, you can say, Abba, Father. You can cry out in the same way an earthly father would give everything to protect a, 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 their, their earthly children. And I hope you had that kind of relationship with your father or have that. 
man, a perfect father will always come and meet your needs. May not be what you want, what you think is perfect, but he knows what's best and he will take care of you. So here he's your earthly father and you can think of all the benefits of that. And he's your heavenly father. When you go to heaven, you will be there with him forever. What a joy if we just stop there and all just rejoice in the fact of our position. That's the first P word, our position as a child of God. Now, the way we became a child of God was we realized one day we were a sinner. We realized there was a penalty for sin. The wages of sin, what we earn from being a sinner, is death, eternal separation from God. But he says in the next half of that verse in Romans 6.23, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So even though we're sinners, Christ came as a perfect man and as perfect God, and he lived on this earth perfectly. And he died on a cross to pay for our sins. He was the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. And God said that what Christ did on the cross was adequate to pay for all our sins. So if we will believe, that Greek word believe, pistuo, means to surrender. It means to put all your faith and trust in him. Surrender everything you know about yourself to everything you know about him. And if you will do that at some point in time, realize, God, I'm a sinner. I can't. I can't earn my way to heaven. I've already blown perfection, but I understand the perfection that Jesus established, the perfection that Jesus performed, the per his perfection can be applied to my life if I just simply put all my faith and trust in you. And I wanna encourage you, if you're questioning right now whether you're a child of God, according to the biblical definition of child of God, man, right now, if you have the desire to give your life to Christ, Dude, God's giving you that desire. That's not something you're mustering up, not something that you just wish. You. It's something God's giving you a desire for right now. And in fact, when he was talking to Nicodemus again in John chapter 3, he said that desire to give your life to Christ is like the wind. You don't know when it's coming. You don't know when it's leaving, but you know when it's there. And if you have that desire, man, don't blow it. Don't put it off and think that you've got another day. You've got another moment. Man, he's giving you that desire to act on right now. Never met anyone who's ever acted on that desire and wished they hadn't, but thousands like me that wish they had done it sooner. So when you start that prayer, our Father, if he stops you right there, or you want to use it as a morning devotion, and you start with my Father, man, what an awesome thing to just think about all that uh, you have as a child of God, all that you have inherited, everything that's available to you as a child of God, our Father. So the, R, the, the P word for our Father is position, our position in Christ. Now look at the next part. In the King James, it says, our Father in heaven. Now I had a loving, loving Father here on earth that passed away some time ago. And my loving Father, even though he didn't have a lot of money and a lot of you know, human resources, he had a lot of love, and there were things that he would have loved to have been able to do for me, to give me, to tell me, but he just didn't have it. He was limited as my earthly father, even though he loved me a great deal. But I have a heavenly father that knows everything, can do anything, and that's everywhere. He's unlimited. And so when I think of that second part, I think of the first part, our father, that's my position as his child. In heaven, I think of his power. There is nothing out of touch with him. And sometimes when I'm praying this prayer, I just dwell on his power. There is nothing too big for him. Nothing is going to happen in this world that is not by his design. And we know from scripture that many places that it is all for our good and his glory. He is in total control of everything, even if this earthly system is set up by Satan. 
God is in control of that. And when it's time for Jesus to come back and clear the land, to clear the lot that he's already bought and build a new building, he's going to do that. But it's all in his time. And this fallen world is, is messed up, but nothing is happening without his permission. And there's nothing you need that he can't provide. So man, our Father, that's my position in Christ, which art in heaven, he's all powerful. There's nothing you need he can't provide. So you might be saying, well, why isn't he providing what I need right now? Because you don't need it. You think you need it, but he knows you don't right now. What you need is him. You need to trust him and sometimes he has to create some things in our life that are void so that we have nowhere to turn but to him because what he wants more than anything is fellowship with you. He wants to be with you. He wants you and, and he's all we need. And again, in Romans said, if God is for us, who can be against us? Every morning we need to wake up and understand as believers, God is for me. Yesterday morning, Keone was at my house. I was in the hammock doing my devotion. I felt bad for neglecting him. And, and I told him, I said, Keone, you know, look, you know what I'm doing in the morning? I'm meeting with God and I'm waiting for God to show me something. So Keone, you know what God showed me today? And I showed him this and he told, he remembered it and told me last night, he said, yeah, this is what grand dude showed me. And here it was, it was from that verse, if God be for us, who can be against us? What God showed me is God is for me. Man, do that. Just e even at your house, man, just go do it in private. But do it every morning in front of the mirror and understand when you wake up, if you're a believer, God is for me. God is for me. So man, our father, that's my position as his child. In heaven, my father in heaven, that's his power. It's unlimited and it's unlimited for us. My father, which art in heaven. And then what's the next part? You guys know the next part, right? Hallowed be thy name. That means holy is your name. Set apart is your name. So great is your name. I want to do nothing but make your name worth more. I don't want to do anything to make your name worth less. I want to praise you. So the first one is our position. The second one is God's power. But hallowed be thy name. It, that's our praise. We've got our position, God's power, and our praise to him. If you have nothing else to be grateful for, you can be grateful for your position. And you can be grateful for his power. And there's nothing else to praise him for. You can praise him for that. But we know we have much more, and we're going to talk about that. But man, when you are praising him and you are worshiping him, who is your focus on? What are you thinking about? The only thing you're thinking about is him. When you get in a season of worship, a season of praising with him, that's why it's so awesome when we're singing together, when you're just thinking about him, when you're out here and you see all of this, dude, I'm pretty much thinking at some point a dolphin or a manatee or a turtle's gonna pop up behind me somewhere and you're gonna be like, oh, praise him because he's awesome. Look for ways to praise him. But when you pray this prayer and say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And if he stops you there, stop and have a season of praise with him. Because you can't be praising him and thinking about other things. When you're praising him, you're just thinking about him. And it gets your mind off of the wrong thing. So how many of y'all are still trying to think about two things at once? Beside the guy behind the camera here who's still trying. I see smoke coming still out of his ears. You can't do it. If you find yourself thinking about the wrong thing, start talking. Start reciting this prayer and see if God won't stop you at some point for you to focus on one of these parts. So we have our father, that's his, help me out. That's our, that's our position, which art in heaven, that's his power. Hallowed be thy name, that's our praise to him. What's the next part of this prayer? Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
That P word is plan. Do you know that God has a plan? God has a plan for this universe. It doesn't change. It's the same plan he had when he created it. It's the same plan that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit had from eternity, from whenever that, that we know it didn't start, from way back there, it's the same plan. And there's nothing anybody can do to change his plan. China can't mess up his plan, neither can the U.S. Nobody, you can't mess up his plan. He's going to accomplish his will. It's a matter of whether you're going to enjoy it or not. <laughs> and the only way you can enjoy his plan and be, is, to, is to see it from his perspective. But he has a plan. Jesus is coming back. You know, can I get a you for that? <laughs> Jesus is coming back. I don't know. I hope it's right now. I hope it's during my lifetime. But, but whatever, I know he's coming back. I know that we are going to have a seven-year honeymoon in heaven where we are going to have our mar the marriage supper of the Lamb. We are going to have the most awesome wedding party as the bride with our groom who is Christ uh, in heaven. Wow, the people without Christ are going to be in the worst time this earth has ever seen, the tribulation period. At the end of that, I know he's coming back. He's coming back at Armageddon to basically kind of take the enemy, take Satan and chain him up into the bottomless pit. And, and he's going to be chained up for a thousand years. And we're going to have a millennial kingdom. So for a thousand years, everybody who's righteous, all of us who have died prior to that, we're going to be ruling with him on a new earth. And, and things will be like what the Jews were expecting when Christ came. The lion's going to be laying down with the lamb. Children are going to be playing at, the, at the, the, the opening of an adder's den and not have any problems. It's going to be perfection. He's going to rule with an iron fist. He's going to rule where people are going to follow or they're going to be fired <laughs> in that. It's going to be a beautiful place for a thousand years. At the end of that thousand years, you know why I know it's going to happen? I know that then he's coming back again, but he's first going to have Satan loosed and Satan's going to tempt the four corners of the earth to all come against the people of God. And it's going to be short-lived because he's going to wipe them out and have a great white throne judgment. And in other words, Christ on this throne is going to show all his majesty, all his glory, and everyone who ever chose to be judged according to their own works are going to be running trying to hide because they're going to realize how powerful how awesome he is and that they should have taken his deal the deal i took that he offered me that i could be judged by his works and not mine the deal he's offering you right now and the final great white throne judgment if you choose to be judged according to your own works you're going to the eternal lake of fire if you choose to be judged by his works your name is in the book of life and you get to go to the new heaven and the new earth, the new heaven with the pearly gates, the streets of gold, the place in Revel the last two chapters of Revelation, you go there and we are there forever. Nothing's messing up God's plan. Man, take that prayer when you find yourself thinking about the wrong thing and say, my father, think about your position, which art in heaven, think about his power. Hallowed be your name, I praise you. Thy kingdom come. Think about the fact that we are on his team and we're part of his plan that's not gonna get messed up. Now the next part. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Look at this, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you know that is your, um, that is your purpose in his plan? Your purpose is just as the people in heaven are doing what God the Father wants them to do, that is your purpose on this earth. By his grace, by being born again and having a new desire and taking his presence and the power available to you from that, 
and the desires he's given you, your purpose is to do what he wants to do. That's why we talk all the time about the spirit-filled life being, what do you want me to do now, God, and do it. One step after another. Not, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Not, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. And you find out it's not what he wants you to do. But one step, what do you want me to do? The next step, do it. What do you want me to do? The next step. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth that is in heaven. And the more that we can do his will on earth, the way it's being done in heaven, the more we will experience heaven in this life, even though it won't be perfect until we get there. So again, Thy kingdom come, he's got a plan. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's his purpose for each of us. You want to know what your purpose is in life? That is it, to follow him and do what he's asked you to do. He will give you the desire and ability to do it. That's what grace is. And then the last one, where the next one, where we start all the time, talking about our provisions. This is how most of our prayers start. Give me this day, my daily bread. Give me what I need. And not only today, but give me a week supply. How many of y'all been hoarding toilet paper? How many of y'all been hoarding bread? How many of y'all got more than what you need? Well, again, you know, the idea is, he said, day by day by day. Man, he said, just think about today. Now, I'm not saying we're not supposed to plan, but I'm just telling you, he may not provide, but day by day by day. But is anything going to cut his arm short of providing for us? Is there anything we need that he can't provide? A God that knows everything, a God that's everywhere, and a God that can do everything? So he says, thy kingdom come, that's his plan. Thy will be done on earth as is in heaven. That's your purpose in his plan. Give me this day what I need to do to fulfill my purpose in your plan. He wants to provide everything you need to fulfill your purpose in his plan. That's what that prayer is talking about. So you start praying and you're like, oh, all right, uh, man, how's this going to happen? We're We've only got two sheets left of toilet paper. Well, eat cheese. No, I mean, I'm just saying, we've got two sheets of toilet paper left. What are we going to do? You know, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as in heaven, give us this day. Oh, and he stops you right there. Give us this day our daily bread. What do I need? God, I need toilet paper. He said, no, man, I got it taken care of. Dude, he can have the Charmin's fairy stork drop a whole load, a whole container on your house if he wanted to. He will provide whatever you need to fulfill your purpose in his plan. It's the devil. It is our flesh and it is the world system that wants us to worry about our provisions and try to spend all our time distracted on fulfilling all our provisions, finding all our provisions. I can't go to church. I can't do God. I can't spend time with you because I got to go find toilet paper. Oh my goodness. I got to find bread. I got to find all these things. I need antibacterial soap. God, I'm not saying you don't need these things. But the fact is, he's going to provide what you need to fulfill your purpose within his plan. We just have to simply follow and make sure that we're every moment saying, what do you want me to do now, God, doing it? And you will be amazed at the way he will provide. It's crazy. He wants to provide in ways where you have to give him all the credit, all the glory. How about this testimony? Yeah, dude, I was the 101st person in line at Walmart at 6.30. And, and dude, because God made me big, I knocked everybody out. I took down some old lady in crutches and some blind dude knocked him around. And I did all this. And, and I got toilet paper. Glory to God. That's how we do it many times. But as he wants to say, dude, he wants to do things in such a way that only he can get the credit for it. But often we take matters in our hands and try to make it happen ourselves. 
our Father. That's our position, which art in heaven. That's his power. Hallowed be thy name. That's praising him. Thy kingdom come. God's got a plan that's not going to change. Thy will be done on earth as is in heaven. That's our purpose in his plan. Give me this day my daily bread. That's the provisions we need to fulfill our purpose in his plan. What's the next part? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And what's the next part? Forgive us our trespass. Forgive us our sins. However, whichever version you want to look at, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's pardon. Talking about pardon, getting things right between you and him, you and your fellow people. Because again, that's crucial. He's told us, when Jesus told us the two greatest commandments, he said, if you love God, you will know you love God because you love people. He even said to people, if you got a problem with somebody, don't you be bringing me an offering. Go get that, that thing straight. And we don't like confrontation. We don't like when we have bitterness towards somebody, when we have need to forgive somebody or somebody needs to forgive us, we try to run from that, put it away, tuck it away, and deal with other things and think we're spiritual. He said, no. This is part of your daily prayer. Forgive my sins as I, as I forgive those who sin against me. So one, you need to ask God to forgive you. Yes, when you gave your life to Christ, he forgave, forgave all your past, present, and future sins. But that's positionally, but practically speaking. Unless you get it right with him, 1 John um, uh, 1.9, I believe it is, tell, tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That word confess means to agree with God, no ifs, ands, or buts. God, is there anything I've done to offend you? Is there anything I need to ask you to forgive me of? And he says, yeah, how about that situation? Like, oh, but yeah, if that person didn't do this, I wouldn't have. No, that's not confession. He says, "This is you're wrong here. And you say, yes, God, I know I'm wrong. I should have reacted different. Yes, I'm wrong, and you are right, God. And that's confession, he says, and I forgive those. I take, that, I take that barrier between me and you down where you can hear me. These are things that muffle and quench the Holy Spirit in us. So we need daily to ask him to reveal things to us. David did that even. All the great men and women of God have done that, including some of you. So we need to say, forgive me my sins. Who do I, God, is there anything I've done to offend you? Holy Spirit, show me things I've done that offended you that, that I need to ask you forgiveness for. And God, how about this? Will you show me somebody that I might have offended? Show me somebody I've offended that I didn't even know I offended, or maybe I know I offended, I gotta get it right. God, will you bring it up? Because I know things between me and you, practically speaking, aren't gonna be as tight. They're not gonna be as tight. We're not gonna have that kind of relationship while I'm here on this earth until I get those things straight. I gotta get them straight, God. So God, show me people that I need to go and I need to ask them to forgive me. So you need that forgiveness from God and that forgiveness from others. But he says, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And so again, you're asking the Holy Spirit in this one about pardon. Again, that's the P word for this part is pardon. God, who do I need to pardon? Who do I need to forgive? Well, you don't understand, Pastor, what that person did to me. You don't understand how bad that was. You don't understand. No, you don't understand how much that is standing between you and your relationship with God. You don't know how, mad, how much that's standing between you and your prayer life, you and your peace, until you get it right with that person. Now, there's a big difference between forgiveness and restoration. Forgiveness is where, bottom line, you're not holding that against them. Doesn't mean you gotta let them do the same thing to you again, but it means that what they did to you is not eating you alive inside. 
There are so many Christians I know of that are dying inside because of something somebody who is now dead did to them many years ago. So we need to go. This is part of our daily routine. And many times a day of praying this prayer, my father, talking about my position as a child of God, which art in heaven, he's powerful. Hallowed be your name. I'm praising you for all of that. Our Father, chart in heaven, hell be thy name. Thy kingdom come. God, you got a plan. Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. That's my purpose in your plan. Give me this day, my daily bread. I need provisions to do what you're asking me to do as my purpose in your plan. God, forgive me. Uh, forgive my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. Pardon. Pardon. You need pardon. You, that's one of the most important things as humans we don't want to deal with. Ask him. For forgiveness ask others for forgiveness and by all means forgive others because you know what the greatest danger of non-forgiveness is if you can't forgive you have awful hard time believing anybody will forgive you that is one of the greatest dangers because mama told me a long time ago we judge others by ourselves and i think that's biblical we judge others by ourselves so if i'm a thief i think everybody's stealing from me if i'm a liar everybody's lying to me if i'm an unforgiving person i think nobody's forgiving me so until you get that forgiveness part straight, which Jesus said you need to do through this prayer, you're going to not be able to receive the forgiveness, even maybe from your heavenly father. So if he stops you there, camp there. None of us like to camp in that campground. It's full of no mosquitoes and thorns, but we've got to camp there to get that straight. Last but not least, and probably most relevant to the situation we're in, protection. Man, isn't that what we're always looking for? Protect me, God. Anything bad comes in our life. Oh, God, take it away. Protect me. Don't let anything happen to me. And God's like, yeah, but if nothing happens to you, then nothing happens to you. Sometimes God wants to stretch us and shake us up and get us to do things differently and get us more dependent on him. So he allows things in our life. It's not there to hurt us. It's there to make us trust him. But we need protection. And so when he says in this, he said, and lead me not into temptation. Don't let me go into this temptation. If I were to ask you to raise your hands, I bet every person here who's really thought about it knows what bait the enemy has to dangle in front of your face or this world has to dangle in front of your flesh to get you to sin. Everybody know something like that? That's the thing daily we need to be protected of. Right now, you guys are washing your hands. Man, you're clean. You're avoid. You're wearing gloves. You're wearing mat. You're doing all these things for protection, and that's good. And you almost think, and you think everybody's foolish who's not doing these things. How can you go unprotected? And God, a long time ago, gave us his prayer, and he said, you pray for protection. Pray that the things you're so easily led into, the one, God will help you avoid those things. But two, if by his sovereign will, he wants you to go through those things, you come out a victor on the other side using his grace, his desire and his ability to do the right thing and not get stuck in the middle of it. Pray for protection. So again, our father, that's talking about what? That's talking about our position, which art in heaven. That's talking about his power. Hallowed be thy name. That's praising him. Thy kingdom come, that's his plan. Thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. That's our purpose in his plan. Give me this day my daily bread. That's the provisions we need to fulfill our purpose in his plan. Forgive my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. Forgive my sins as I forgive those who have sinned against me. That's pardon. 
something we need to deal with on a daily basis. And lead me not into temptation, but if I do have to go through it, protect me from the evil one. Give me the ability to accept your grace and do your will so that I have that protection to make my way through it. Man, I hope you never look at this prayer the same way again. I hope that if you are thinking about the wrong thing ever, you will all, and you can't think about the right thing, that you will just start reciting this prayer. And let God, even if you have to just start at the first thing, go to the second thing, the third thing, and so on, do it that way. But go through it and let God pick out which one of those areas he wants you to camp out in. And you'll be amazed at how you become closer and closer to him. I didn't invent this. Man, the pilgrims, the reformers, got many people, great men and women of God, they have prayed the rounds. They have prayed through this prayer in this way. I was just privileged to learn how to do this about 25, 30 years ago, and I'm telling you, it works. I want to encourage you to do it because God is awesome. And everything you need to become a healthy believer and see life from God's perspective so you can help others see life from God's perspective is found in this prayer. Give it a shot. When they asked Jesus how to pray, this is what he said. What a shame if we don't use this tool. What a shame if we don't use this to bring us closer to him. Man, I want to encourage you to do that. And again, if from the beginning you're wondering whether or not you have that position as a child of God, if you have a question about it, all it takes is you right now surrendering everything you know about yourself, which isn't everything, to everything you know about him, which is not everything. We're constantly learning, but just surrendering yourself to him and then trusting him for the rest of it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much uh, for giving us this model prayer. Father, um, I pray that people would take this little outline of these, I think, eight P words, and they would come up with their own. I pray, Father, I would be hearing praises of how you have used this to, to, to do awesome and wonderful supernatural things in people's lives that the world could see. Because right now the world's looking for something that's not as scary as this virus. Father, the people of faith, we need to be able to replace fear with faith. And I know that we can do that through praying this and listening to you and speaking to you. So, Father, I pray we would just be so grateful for our position. We would be so grateful that our position is the child of the most holy, most high, most powerful God. And, Father, it would cause us to constantly praise you. Father, I pray we would never forget, never kind of be distracted from the fact that you have a plan greater than anyone's plan. It's a plan that's going down, and we are privileged to have a position in your plan. And our purpose in your plan is to do whatever it is you want us to do, and you want to provide everything we need to be able to do that. But Father, you want us to go through this pardon. You want us to forgive others. You want us to be forgiven. And Father, um, those things go together so well. Help us deal with that. And you want us to not only ask for protection from you, but to accept that protection, whatever level of protection that is, knowing that that level of protection is perfect. And you've always got us in the right place. So Father, I pray for these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, you! <laughs> Hang tight. JJ's got something to tell you about small groups coming up. All right, so uh, 
might be curious how small groups are gonna work this week. It's gonna be a little bit different than normal. We can't meet in person, uh, but that's okay. We can still try to make this work. So I'm about to hit post on a comment and that comment is gonna have a link uh, to www.driftwoodchurch.com slash zoom. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna use the online platform of zoom in order to try to meet. Uh, and that allows up to 100 people per group. So we'll see kind of where it goes. Uh, this is the first week we're trying it. We've never done this before. Uh, a lot of churches in the United States are trying things different ways they've never tried before, but we're gonna give glory to God through the use of this technology. And so uh, I encourage you guys to go ahead and go to that link that I just posted on the comment and uh, check out kind of how Zoom would work for you. And what we're gonna do is on the website, uh, it has different times throughout the week, different days throughout the week that we normally would meet. And we're gonna try to meet on online during those times this week. Uh, if anyone has a burden or a desire to try to do a small group online, get a hold of me, uh, get a hold of Pastor Eddie. Maybe we can work something out. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're, we're going to try to provide as much opportunity as we can to be in the Word together. And we're going to try to use technology to do it. Uh, the good thing about Zoom, though, though, is that you don't need to have a computer or a smartphone in order to do it. You can actually call in on a regular, like even a landline. Uh, you can call in and you can listen into the small group meeting and you can provide input as well so uh, just know that that's available to you if you don't particularly like the full-on use of technology anyways we do hope that you guys have a great rest of your week uh, we know that some of you will be quarantined and that won't be great uh, but you know what pastor Eddie has a phone I have a phone other pastors at Driftwood have phone and you guys can share each other's phone numbers uh, and we can just continue to communicate even though we won't see each other in person so we love you but not as much as Jesus loves. but not as much as Jesus does you guys have a great week